Hi, and welcome to Women CEO in Reflection, a podcast dedicated to personal growth and mental health discussions with women CEOs across the globe. It's here where inspired women get candid about what drives them to succeed and the personal challenges they've encountered on their path to success. So if you're a woman on a mission, this is the podcast you don't want to miss. So sit back, relax, and let's get candid. Hi, welcome to Women CEO in Reflection. I'm your host, Marisa Jones, and I'm joined by my co-host, Neil Haley. Today's guest is Anna Coffey. She's the CEO of The Women's Home, whose mission is to help women in crisis regain their self-esteem and dignity, empowering them to return to society as productive, self-sufficient individuals. With a background in social work, public health, and law, Anna has pursued her passion for building healthy, strong communities, serving women in a wide range of roles, from working with rural women in West Africa to helping women make smart decisions about healthcare. She's been published in several peer-reviewed journals, including Pediatrics, and has reviewed numerous, received numerous rewards, including the health awards, including the Healthcare Hero Award from the Houston Business Journal. Welcome to the show, Anna. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for being here. Um, wow, you have an amazing background, social work, public health, law. Like, tell us a little bit about, you know, kind of your journey, how you got here, what drives you uh, to do what you do. Sure. Well, When I graduated from college with a a bachelor's degree in social work, I knew two things. I knew one, that I wanted to go to law school and two, that I needed to take some time off before I went to law school. So uh, I joined the Peace Corps and I ended up living abroad then for the next 12 years in a variety of roles, um, among which I I worked with rural women, I worked in a hospital, and then I was actually a stay-at-home mom as a trailing spouse um, to an expat who was employed in lots of different countries. So um, when I finally found my way to Houston, I knew it was time to go back to law school. So I applied, was accepted, and um, studied public health law. Um, was then um, offered a position to run um, kind of a think tank around immunization law and policy. So I did that for about nine years. And then I got tapped on the shoulder um, to come and run the women's home. Um, and that has just been uh, just a, a, an incredible honor and joy. It's, it's, I call it my pride and privilege to serve the women's home. That's so great. So tell us a little bit, bit about the women, because you serve women in crisis. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about maybe who would, who would be the woman who kind of walks into your door and asks for help? Yeah, so the women that we serve generally have three things in common. Um, they have experienced homelessness, they uh, have a substance use disorder, and a mental health condition. So it's those three, those three co-occurring conditions um, that makes a woman come into the women's home. And we have a residential program where they can stay up to 18 months. Um, followed up by aftercare and long-term supportive housing. Um, so we really serve them from the very early days on through the rest of their lives. Wow. And is there a particular range of age? Like, are they are they younger women? Do they have to be a certain age? I mean, the diseases of, of um, substance use disorder and mental health conditions can strike a woman at any age. Um, We generally have women between the ages of 21 
up to, you know, into their 60s, 70s and beyond. Wow. And so what what kind of drives you to to do this type of work? Because I'm sure that's really difficult to be around women in crisis all the time. And while, you know, you give of yourself so much to help them out, um, you know, how do you how do you maintain, you know, a good mental health and and, you know, what keeps you there? So I will tell you, it, it first of all, I serving as the CEO of the women's home was an answer to a prayer for me. Um, I had been, my life had been touched by mental health conditions. Many of my family's uh, lives were touched by substance use disorders. And I, I remember one point I had a family member that was in rehab and I said a prayer that if I could work in any field, I would love to work in the field of recovery. Because when you work in recovery, you get to watch the miracle every day. And yes, it's hard to be around people who are in crisis. However, it is so exciting and energizing to be around women who are reclaiming their lives. Um, There's a lot of power in that. And there is a lot of inspiration. And, you know, anytime I start feeling like I'm getting too caught up in all of the business of our organization, I go and have dinner with the women that we serve and I'm brought right back to why I love my job so much because I get to watch the miracle of women reclaiming their lives on a daily basis. I see women come in dejected, looking down, feeling bad about themselves. And the longer they stay, the brighter they look, the stand, the straighter they stand, the higher they hold their head. And that's just a real pleasure and really an honor to watch. That transformation. That is, that is such a great vision. I love how you just described the transformation there. Um, and one thing you said really stood out. Um, you said you go to dinner with them. Uh, first of all, not many CEOs of, of an organization will meet, sit down and have dinner um, with some of the clients, uh, such as the women that are in your group. Um, so I really admire that in you. Um, but but you you connect with them. And, and I always say, like, you know, I, when I'm having bad days, right, and, and I go out in the world, I force myself to talk to people. I force myself to, to have, you know, connection because, and I, I tell my clients that all the time, we are in, by nature, we need human connection and we need that. Um, and, and that really is good for your mental health. Like when you're, when you're engaging with someone one-on-one. And so I just love that, that you get that with your, with the women in there, because it it helps you remind you of your purpose and, and your why of what you're doing. Well, one of our primary, um, driving forces at the women's home is all about building community. In fact, we changed our mission statement to our new mission statement is we build communities that support women and their families as they reclaim their stability. Um, And so we really focus on building that community. We know we're only in their lives for a short period of time. What's really going to keep them stable and sober is really having a community of support around them. And who doesn't need that? I mean, we all need that, right? right? It's not something, none of us can go through life the whole concept of bootstrapping is kind of ridiculous. We, we, we can't, we need other people. Right. Absolutely. Asking for help, which is, which is one of the most difficult things to do. 
especially yeah, when you're really, down and out because there's there's shame behind it there's pride there's so many things that keep people from asking for help even in even in the the moments that are not that shouldn't be that vulnerable right but they 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 become so big um but they all go away the minute you surround yourself with people that's exactly right so that's really what our what what we're here for is the way we see it to help build the community because you know, you look to your left and look to your right. I mean, one of those people sitting next to you is probably going to get you through your next crisis. So, um, and, you know, I, I hope that we all have friends. I know certainly I have a bunch of friends who I can call and say, I'm not in a good place today. And um, and they will be there for me. Um, and I think that's what we all need. So that's really what we're here to do is to help women build those communities of support around them. So, um, so in, in taking on this role, it's a, it's a really, um, you know, I'm sure it's a very challenging role. What were some of the things that, was there ever anything that you questioned? Like, I don't know, this might be, you know, maybe I'm taking on too much, right? And how did you overcome that? You know, I think I've always had, um, I've always had the expectation of myself that, even if I wasn't completely ready for something that the um, the teacher or the resources or the the way forward would be shown to me, um, that I've always kind of walked in that faith of, I, I know I can't see the end of this trip, but I know I'm supposed to be on this journey somehow. So that's kind of been always my, um, my, my theory and how I, how I kind of walk through life. But I will say that, um, it has been really challenging to maintain my own equilibrium, especially over the last three years where we've been, you know, kind of inundated with COVID and all kinds of new situations that we've never been in before. So, you know, I've had to really double down on my self-care and really making sure that I make space in my life for my own mental health and my own um uh, well-being, um, because it ha- it's not easy. It's not it's it's not been an easy time. So, what are some of the things that you do to make sure you maintain mental health? What puts you like right away? Like, what's your go-to? Um, so, I am a, a power lifter. Um, I lift weights. I uh, oh, no lift heavier the yes. better. No, really. Um, <laughs> It's something I've taken up over the past year, and it has been a, a remarkable um, exercise for me. I, I, it's the first exercise I've really stuck with for the long term. And I find that it is kind of a meditative practice because when you have 150 pounds on your back and you're trying to squat, you're not thinking about anything else. You are only thinking about squatting down and coming back up. <laughs> That is the only thing on your mind. So I find it very, um, it really empties my brain and it really kind of refreshes my spirit and it makes me feel strong. It makes me feel physically strong and mentally strong. So that's, that's one of the things that I've incorporated over the past year. That's made a huge difference for me. When you're, Um, when you're physically, when you're physically strong, you automatically gain that confidence that you, you obviously have, you know, the the way you talk about it. Um, yeah, but you are you are the second woman who has picked up that hobby in the last year. <laughs> like, oh, really? Yes. I, I'm just um, like, what made you pick powerlifting? You know, I um, my son took it up, and I went to see his meet, 
And there was just something about it that really lit me on fire. And I thought, I really want to try this. So I came home and I Googled powerlifting near me and there was a gym about a mile away. And I went and found this great trainer um, and a wonderful, again, a community of people who, you know, I go for my Saturday morning lift and it's usually the same people. We get to know each other and we support each other and we cheer each other on. And um, it's just, it just clicked for me. That's great. How, yeah. how do you, how do you ensure you, you're very driven? So how do you ensure that you don't take it to the next, like overdo it? How do you make sure that the things that give you balance don't all become overwhelming? So I think I've got, I've had to be really, I've had to really clue into my fatigue. Um, and when I'm really tired, I don't make great decisions. I'm not the best leader. I need to go and rest. So I have a, a kind of a retreat place that I go to um, a couple times, maybe three, four times a year where I just go and I, I just rest. I allow my body to do whatever it needs to do, whether that's sleeping for four days or getting out and having a walk in nature or um, just, you know, sitting on the deck, watching the birds. Um, you know, I, I have found that that I need that kind of restorative rest. Um, and that's made a big difference. That's great. It's so important to listen to our bodies and make sure that we give ourselves that we're, we're always rush, 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 got to do, got to do. And we never give ourselves permission to stop, you know? Yeah. 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 It's really important. And I, I think, you know, I was a single mom for um, most of the time that my kids were growing up. And I think it was when they were sort of in middle school where I was just buried in work and, child rearing and, you know, being a single parent and everything. And um, that's when I started doing silent retreats and found it just to be so restorative. Um, so now my retreats are not silent, but I still take quite a few of them to make sure I'm, I'm kind of um, maintaining my equilibrium. That's great. I, I'm a big fan of retreats. I've always, that's on my bucket list is to do a silent retreat. I have not done that yet. Um, when I was in high school, when I was in high school, my friends, would, they could tell you, I literally would go like three or four days without speaking. And I would walk around with a notebook in case they had questions. And they would ask me why. And I would just be like, just don't feel like it. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I didn't realize yeah. then it's like a meditative practice. It was something I must have needed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It really, the, it's amazing how long days are if, if you're in silent meditation. You have to really like yourself. You do. Yeah. Or you right. get to know yourself a lot better. Right. Yeah. So what advice would you give to someone who's ready to take on a challenge such as running a women's crisis group? Uh, I would say my best advice is really know yourself. Um, we cannot, it, it's the old cliche of putting on your own oxygen mask first. Um, we cannot be of service to others if we don't um, fill up ourselves first. And you can't really fill up yourself unless you know yourself. You have to do that self-reflection. Um, it can help a lot to work with a coach. You can uncover some of the things that you don't know about yourself. It can be helpful to work with a therapist who can help you kind of understand how you work in the world. A lot of those um, personality tests and um, assessments to see where your strengths are. Those are great ways also to learn more about yourself. 
once you've figured out yourself, you can start to figure out other people. And that's where you can really start to, to be an effective leader. Great advice. Yeah, the more you tune into yourself, absolutely. You can start reading other people better um, mm-hmm. and really ultimately leads to better relationships with all those around you. Yes, absolutely. Love it. Well, where can people find you, Anna? Uh, they can find me at thewomanshome.org. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you very much for everything that you do for all those women out there. I'm sure they love having you around and uh, really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a joy. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Women CEO in Reflection. To reach out to one of our guests, their contact is in the description of the show. Do you want a total mindset transformation? Apply to Mindset Warrior, The Art of Intentional Thinking, my personal coaching boot camp at IamAMindsetWarrior.com and schedule your call with me today. Thank you.